welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is July 28th. I'm Rick Morton coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Herbie is not with us today, and so I have the pleasure of being able to spend this day with uh, with our guest. and uh, And our guests today are a couple of dear friends and brothers that uh, have spent a lot of time with over the the last several years. and And we're really excited to to have this opportunity to talk. And so we're going to be talking today about uh, Lifeline's work in Colombia and uh, and with one of our one of our dear partners and so joining me today on today's podcast is um first of all oscar perez who is lifelines regional coordinator in latin america and oscar oversees the partnerships and the work that the lord's privileged us to to be a part of and then along with oscar one of our dear pastor partners uh nicholas osorio from bogota colombia he is the pastor of uh, Renaissance Baptist Church in uh, in Bogota, and is uh, is a dear friend. And so today we uh, we just get the privilege of, of being able to have a, a conversation among friends about what God is doing among the nations to care for the fatherless, and uh, and and to talk a little bit in depth about ways that that you can partner and ways that you can can get involved. But before we get there, we want to talk a little bit about Lifeline's parent coaching ministry. Parent coaching is a service available to any parent who needs additional insight into their child's behavior. Um, Our services are tailored to each family and to each child. These 45 to 60 minute sessions are filled with proven tools and techniques to use in building additional strengths in parenting. Um, You can see our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org forward slash parent coaching for more information or to be connected to a Lifeline staff member. So uh, this morning, as we get going, uh, I want to just want to welcome Oscar and Nicholas to the podcast. Gentlemen, good to have you. Thank you, Rick. Thank good you, Rick. We, good uh, to be with you. We, we're excited about being able to, to just share all that the Lord has done in, uh, in building this relationship and the way that the Lord is, is moving in, in the church in Columbia. And so, Oscar, I, I would love for you just to, to really kind of set a context for us this morning about uh, Lifeline's ministry in Columbia and about those things that, uh, that, that God has begun there in partnership for us. Absolutely, Rick. Thank you so much for having me here, you know, um, it's an honor to be part of this uh, conversation. Um, I mean, like, I don't even know how to start, but four years ago when Herbie came here, you know, just to visit us and see like what is going on in Colombia, what is the situation in Colombia and what, what can we do as a ministry in Colombia to equip local churches and all of this. We met, uh, where he met all of these pastors, Nicholas and the other pastor from Renacer and other pastors around the city of Bogota, and just share a little bit about vulnerable and the Bible. And all those pastors got in fire, like we need to spread the word that the church needs to do something, you know? I'm talking about five years ago. Um, from there, we started a conference, pastoral conference, 2018, 2017, 2018 was, was the first conference where pastor all over Bogota attend to this conference and Nicolas and other brothers uh, have the 
the, the honor to preach to those pastors through the Bible, what is to care for orphans and vulnerable in your own country. So from there, Rena said, just got in fire again. You know, they started volunteering in FANA four years ago. They, they still going to volunteer in FANA. FANA is one of the private institutions here, like orphanage, that care for children in the nation. So uh, I'm, I'm one of our big partners when it comes to adoption. So uh, Rena said is still there. Some churches are like getting their feet uh, wet a little bit, you know, exploring here and there. Other churches, Rick, they already were doing something, you know, like working with vulnerable communities, planting churches in, in, in really low income areas and all of these things. So actually we, we got excited because we started from the Bible, you know, we started from there. We, we didn't start from social per perspective or anything like that. We started from the Bible and we are still going through the Bible and with the Bible. So from today, we have Renacer as a, the big partner here in Colombia. And what Renacer is doing is, I'm going to use this word. I know that is may, may, may sound weird, but what Renacer is doing is giving us a name here in Colombia. Because mm -hmm. everyone loves Renacer here in Colombia. And some pastors from all over the country are like, is Renacer doing this? I want my church to do this, you know? Renaissance is well known for the biblical preaching, um, gospel center activities, and you know, pastors just want to do to do what Renaissance is doing right now. So now we are trying to grow a little bit the the, the initiative in the North Colombia, um, trying to do something in, with other churches in Bogota. Yeah, and I think it's important maybe for our listeners to set a little bit of context about uh, about Renaissance even before. We, we talk about the orphan care work and, and the things that we're able to do in partnership there. And, and so, uh, Nicholas, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll say to you that, um, you know, Renaissance is one of those favorite churches uh, among mm -hmm. the, the Lifeline partners. Uh, I would, in a heartbeat, be a, a member of a church and, and would want to be a part of a church like Renaissance. And I'm not saying that just because we're on the podcast, right? Like it's, uh, but, but really just what God is doing there and in a, um, in a, in a gospel-centered, biblically faithful, exegetical preaching kind of environment is, is really uh, very special. And so, brother, I'd, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about, about your church, a little bit about the, the network of churches and, and kind of the philosophy of church planning that, that the Lord has laid on your heart and, and help people just kind of know um, the, the kind of church that we're partnered with in Colombia. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Well, uh, first of all, Renaissance is not perfect, so every <laughs> listener should know, should know that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we are a church that we try to be intentional in our um, Bible-centered theology, preaching, uh, fellowship, and all everything that a church should should be in the Bible according to the Bible. So um, yeah, that's what we try to do and I, I praise God that you from the outside you can see that uh, in our church um, yeah as, as Oscar said a few years ago we started to think and study in the Bible about uh, orphan care and uh, that was like um, mind-blowing for us like to see in the Bible how the church should be involved in this 
Um, so we are we are working in, in that regard. Regarding um, a network of churches, yeah, we, we have friends. We try to to uh, build relationships with other pastors, other churches, to share with them what God is doing with us and uh, something that we may learn from them as well. Um, so we are maybe, what, like five, six pastors uh, that we are like very close friends and we try to do things together. Um, and regarding church planting, yeah, we, we sent two pastors to other cities in Colombia like the last two years. And right now we are starting to plan a new church um, close to Bogota, like 20 minutes from Bogota. Um, it is called the Savannah of Bogota. And um, yeah, we, we are trying to, to multiply this conviction about orphan care, caring for the vulnerable, for the uh, most needed people in the world, in our country, in our cities. So yeah, that's that's what we what we're trying to do. That's it, that's awesome. I, I think you know one of the things that I that I really want to uh, first of all I'll tell you no your Renaissance is not a perfect church. I had a seminary professor that once you know once told me uh, if you find the perfect church, don't join wow. it because you'll be the one that'll mess it up. <laughs> so. Right. Um, you know, so it, it, it's a church full of full of imperfect people, but a church full of imperfect people that are that are pursuing Christ and are, uh, you know, diving into the scriptures and dividing the scriptures well, and then trying to apply that to life. And and really, and and I think one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and and something that's kind of a consistent uh, topic for us at Lifeline is. Just the idea that um, that caring for vulnerable children, caring for vulnerable families, um, isn't something that should lead us away from the gospel. It should lead us mm-hmm. more deeply into the gospel. That Absolutely. we we get to participate in uh, in a in a very small way in the kind of redemptive work that Christ has done in mm-hmm. such a in in a much greater sense. And and I think that 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 is one of those things that we've sort of had a front row seat to see um, with Renaissance and some of the other churches in Colombia that, that there, there is a, there is a very neat spirit among the people that is, that is very much coming from a healthy understanding of the gospel and, and a, a, a passion for those things that God teaches in his word. And, and so Nicholas, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about practically, how have you seen families begin to, to rise up within your church and to begin to care for children in, you know, in your own community? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I always say this, I think everything starts with conviction with the idea. I mean, with that, with the conviction planted in the heart of the church but not a, like Oscar said, just like a social uh, conviction or just for to be good, but from the gospel. I mean, if you understand the gospel, you, you realize that orphan care is part of what we should do uh, because that is what God did with us. Um, so we started to study the gospel related to orphan care and the church uh, realize that they should be involved in this. Uh, so that that would be the first step. Then we we started to to try to find how how we could be involved. 
that's where Lifeline was very helpful in that sense because you open doors like uh, you can work with this organization, with these, with this orphanage, with this um, um, approach. I mean, you, you have very interesting courses to to train the church and everything. So uh, that's where we understood. Okay, this is how we could do practically. So, for example, during the pandemic um, in the, in Colombia, there was a very huge need with um, foster families with foster care because they needed to to place children in families. They, they it was like urgent. Um, so Oscar called us. Hey, families are ready to do this in the church. Do you want to to take care of children and People started just to to say yes, uh, but not because uh, not because they wanted to do something good. Simply that, but because they were convicted uh, because of the Bible and the gospel. So um, again, I think conviction is the first step uh, to to move the people to do this. Yeah, I love I love that part of the story because because truly, and and we. You know, we say a lot in our kind of in our in our midst that um, we we cannot be need driven. If if we're motivated by need, there's always going to be more need in a broken world than we have the resources to to fit and and to fill. And and that's that's truly why we want to lead people to follow Jesus and and we want to think in you know, eternal terms and, and want to think more deeply about what we do. And, and I, I love the fact that, that, that what we've seen grow at Renaissance over, over these years is, is a gospel conviction that this is work that we do on, on God's behalf. And, and we're literally able to be the hands and feet of Jesus um, because this is hard work. You know, there's spiritual warfare involved in in bringing vulnerable children into your family and, and bringing them into your, you know, into your congregation and, and into your church. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of hurt and a lot of a lot of difficulty. And and many times the thing that keeps you in this um, is not the fact that you've met a need. <laughs> the, the thing that keeps you in it is that the fact that you're you're living responsive to to, mm-hmm. to God's call and, and that you're, you're mirroring the father's love and, 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 and doing those things that were, were purchased by the blood of Jesus. We're doing in a very temporal sense, something that God's doing in a, you know, in a much greater sense. And, and I think I, I love the way that, um, that, that you've been able to leverage that and, and mm-hmm. be able to position people to do great ministry um, th- through the church. I, I think the other thing at, at Lifeline, the reason, one of the reasons we love this partnership is it, it's a, um, it's a real demonstration of the kind of work we want to do with churches throughout the U S and all over the world, um, which is to come along and be that support, to be that bridesmaid to the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to, and so, you know, Oscar, I'd, I'd love for, for you to be able to talk about just how Lifeline's been able to partner with our relationships with the government, with our relationships with um, orphanages and child welfare institutions in Colombia. How has Lifeline been used to be able to bring the church together, um, you know, with those opportunities in the community? And, and like, how does all that work? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's been a long way because 
we Lifeline has been here in Colombia for the last 10 years, maybe when we got the license to do adult, international adoption, but the government was so closed. They were so close to any Christian belief, even Catholic, being a Catholic, like a strong Catholic country, you know, um, they were close. They didn't want to know, they didn't want to know anything about Christian in any ways, you know, because they were like, oh, you guys come here for a day, you, 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 you preach the gospel for a day and then forget about the kids, you know, and then come back the next year. So it's not what the kids need. They need stability. They need consistency. And you aren't showing consistency. So that, that rocked me. That rocked me, right? Seven years ago, I was like, we need to do something. But I didn't, I didn't create anything. It's the way that God works through the church, you say, through the bride, right? So at one point, you know, like in one of those private institutions, Rick, I, I don't want to mention the name because maybe they <laughs> listen to this. Right. It's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with that. Is they were, they were so even more, even more close than the government about Christian. Mm. They didn't want to partner with us in adoption side. Once they started like seeing like, okay, you are reliable, you are you committed committed to all of this, you know, let's start something. We introduced Renacer to this partner and we were praying, you know, like hopefully we can take the gospel inside the workers of the institution. Rick, four years ago, we were scared to introduce the church with this partner because it's a private institution. They are in Christian. Now this partner, they don't want to do anything without the church and they are in Christian. They are not Christian. Hmm. Renacer is the only church in Bogota, and I dare to mention uh, uh, the only church in Colombia that goes to a private institution to do volunteer time. Mm-hmm. And not because it's no opportunities. It's because the, this institution found Renacer through, truthworthy like they are committed to the world. And that's what we want to do as a lifeline. That's what we want to see as a lifeline. Once we equip the church, you know, the church can take place there and can get the gospel with words and action, with words and deeds, Mm -hmm. right? So this private institution, I remember, and I wanted to say, jump in your conversation, they create a program called Families, Families Friend Program, and the program, uh, long story short, the program is just like pairing a kid with a family for a day, you know, mm-hmm. a day a month. You know, it's like a mentorship program yeah. kind of thing. When the when the private institution create this program, they were we don't want this program to do to go to any random people, but Renacer. <laughs> so they came all of the way like we don't like Christians. To oh the church, <laughs> they can do this, you know. They 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 show themselves that they committed to this, and that's what we want to see in Colombia. Local churches taking place, you know, the government calling to local churches, ICBF, which is the National Office for Child Welfare here in Colombia. When COVID hit, the first thing they did was calling Lifeline to Lifeline to call the churches. You say we need foster families. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to take this word out because they did, they don't trust people easily. Yeah, they wanted the church 
to be leading the way to foster care during COVID time, right? So we see, we're seeing a lot of thing, crazy thing happening here in Colombia. Once again, we don't want to brag. I don't want to. This is God. This is God's plan, like doing what he's doing in Colombia in the way that he wants us to do, you know? So we just amazed. Like we just sit back and say, this is God's working, you yeah. know? And, the and we don't came all the way from, we don't trust you, to we want to partner with you, the government. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. Family, Christian families doing this. And I think I think at the end of the day, we don't want to be prideful, but we do want to brag on God a little bit that that the Lord has done something that is that was beyond the expectations of everyone who's a part of this conversation. And and I think, you know, it it I don't want to miss um, something that both of you said that this is this is not something that's happened in an instant. It's happened over years and a consistency of relationship and a consistency of investment um, that God gave Lifeline an opportunity to to begin to be related to the government and and for that to happen. It didn't happen in an instant. Um, Nicholas, you didn't preach one sermon and the church just got it right. Like it's been. It's been many sermons and many conversations and many illustrations over a long time that the that the church has really you know has really understood this, um, but then to to realize that we've come to a point where and, and again not to be prideful we don't want to but but to but to be very careful about what we're stewarding over mm-hmm. that we now have a a situation where private institutions that that are not built on the gospel and the government itself is reaching out to the body of Christ and saying we want we want you to be involved and every mm-hmm. place we go into in that is is given the opportunity for for us to be able to point people to Jesus and to be able to Absolutely. you know testify to the reality the of the gospel and and it's it's that is that is ultimately the church doing the work of making disciples that we've been called to do right um, and and so Nicholas you've talked a little bit about just kind of how things have progressed through COVID and some of the things that you've seen there I'd love for you to just kind of ex- expand and expound on that a little bit with um, how has Renasair um, found ways to to be able to serve and to put the gospel on display through you know through the pandemic. Yeah, so uh, maybe the, the the first and main thing is uh, foster care. Like in just in two or three weeks, we had like four families involved in foster care. Uh, it was totally new for them. Uh, for Especially <laughs> for two families, it was really hard. Uh, but right now we have other two families that are doing the job. Um, and it was amazing because we, we have a WhatsApp group. So uh, people are mem- of members of the church. So people started to write, okay, we can help with these. We need a bed. So other member of the church had the bed and, uh, I don't know, grocery Mm-hmm. clothes everything so it, it was amazing to see how the church started to to help each other uh even when only four families were were caring with uh, these children uh all the church was involved and then um uh this group that is uh volunteering with fana with uh with the orphanage um they started to to create ideas on how to keep contact with the kids even when we can't go there. So uh, Zoom meetings, uh, doing something with the kids, 
like reading stories or or playing games or uh, teaching them songs through uh, a, a conference in Zoom. It was it is amazing. I mean, uh, people get creative, you know, when when we are in these kind of situations, and and that's what we people did in a church. So right now, even when we are not able to go there yet, uh, we kept that um, that uh, contact with the kids and the orphanage and and with the institution. So uh, yeah, probably that's that's mainly the the two practical things that we have been able to do. That's awesome. I I want to make sure that our our listeners kind of understand the the circumstance here because Oscar talked about this yeah. idea of you know visiting families and and kind of these families that are open and then we we talked about the relationship with Fauna which is a a, a child welfare institution there in in Colombia and I've I've had the privilege of of being there with you guys and and being able to be a part of the pastors conference and some of the things that we've done one of the one of the like one of my best memories of being with you in, in Colombia was, um, was going with the team from your church to Fauna. And, uh, and, and as a, as an outsider, uh, I didn't really do anything. I kind of sat off on the side and, you know, and, and observed because cry a little bit and took some uh, picture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cried a lot actually. And, and took some pictures, but, but really, and, and what was and, and Oscar laughs, I'm a cry baby. Everybody knows it, but the, but, but what, you know, part of what moved me to tears, even in, in that environment was seeing people from the church, that, that were going week in and week out, you know, building invested relationships with these kids and, and in a world where many of these children have had broken relationship after broken relationship, the, the church was standing in the gap for them by providing consistency in relationship. Um, and then to hear, and, and, you know, even to, to be praying for you guys along the way, as, as you're, thinking, how can we do that in a pandemic where we can't go every week and we can't be with them in that way to see the way that the Lord continues to, you know, to accomplish those things through the church has been, has been an incredible gift. And, and, and I think it's a, it's a real testimony to, to those things that the Lord is doing through his church. Um, and, and there is, so there is, there is consistent fruit um, because the people are consistently involved. I, I think the other, you know, the other thing that I, I just want to kind of, as we close, I want to want to point out is that um, Nicholas, you guys talk about this a lot, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, this is a, this is a constant thing that that's being talked about. And, and I love the, the, the fact that, that your church has a culture where the entire church is involved in caring for the fatherless. And so people understand if they're bringing groceries to a family that's fostering, if they're, you know, if, if they're, if they're helping to resource the team that's going to Fauna week in and week out, they're a part of orphan care that, that there's, there's this, this greater sense of the community coming together in order to, to care for vulnerable children in, in your community and that they all feel connected to it. And, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the testimony to that is, I mean, I remember being there and, and, and the conference that we did and then being with your church on a Sunday as, as we, you know, talked about what does it look like to be a church that's on mission and orphan care and literally the whole congregation that was there for Sunday morning worship 
was there all day long to find ways that they could, that they all could be involved in ways that they all could be plugged in. And, and it's no Renis era is not perfect. None of our churches are, but man, um, like what a, what an incredible opportunity that God has created as his people, um, understand how to put the gospel on display by caring for the fatherless. And so uh, we love you guys and are, and are, are deeply, deeply appreciative that God has brought us together and has allowed us to serve together. Um, and brother, I just want to ask you in, in these days, in the midst of, you know, still a pandemic that continues to, to rage on in the midst of ministry that uh, is difficult and, and, and sometimes looks different than we've ever done before. Um, how can we pray for you and how can we pray for your ministry um, as we, you know, as we think about the, the, the circumstances that we find ourselves in today? Yeah, probably several things, but the first thing that comes to my mind is what Oscar said about consistency. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to just uh, give up uh, because it is, it is not, not easy to do it. Um, so uh, probably consistency on keep preaching about this, keep telling people about this, keep working together on orphan care, that the members in Renaissance might, might be motivated to do it through the word, not just because of needs, as you said. Mm -hmm. um, so so that, that idea of perseverance in, in, in this ministry, I think that would be the, the main thing we need. I mean, God will provide the resources. God will, will uh, raise the families that want to work with children. Uh, God will move the church, but we need to be consistent in what we are doing. So, um, yeah, probably that's the main prayer request I would have. Oscar, would you, would you pray for Nicholas and for Renaissance and for, you know, for, for this, uh, you know, this work that they continue to do? Absolutely. Mm. Oh, Father God, thank you for Renaissance. Uh, we know it's not a perfect church, God, but uh, it's been leading by a perfect God. And you have your ways and you have your plans and you have your, uh, your ideas on how to move, to mobilize the church, to care for all of us. It's no easy, Nicolas said. It's not easy to, to work in this field, God. It's, it's easy to give up. It's easy to say enough. Uh, it's easy to say, I, I, I can see results. But God, uh, you, you're a mighty God and you can provide all what we need, all of what this church needs, all of what uh, all of this member of this church needs. Um, it's the gospel. Please, uh, Keep them strong in the gospel. Keep their feet in the gospel. That uh, you don't give up on us when it's uh, complicated. You don't. You you went to the cross willing to to die, knowing that we were going to mess it up again. Mm. God, uh, I just ask you that uh, Renaissance can can be as a, a a living testimony for the government, for the private institution that are in based in the gospel in Bogota, God, in, by, by the, that testimony, the workers, the employees, the, the caregivers can, 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 can ask questions, can, can be like, you know, like curious 
what motivate the members of the church to do what nobody else is willing to do. Help us to spread the gospel through caring for orphans and not only sharing the gospel with those kids, but also with their families, also with uh, the employees, caregivers, and the government workers. God, thank you for Renacer and the way you are uh, leading the orphan care movement in the church. Because I know other churches as well are looking at. They see him that they can do something too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I uh, love you, brothers. Thankful for you. Um, thankful for the opportunity for us to be able to have a conversation today. And, and I look forward to the day that we're able to, to be together again face-to-face. And, and we trust that the Lord is going to accomplish that. And, and we're going to, we're going to be able to engage in this again together. So thanks for, you know, thanks for joining me today on, uh, on this edition of the Defender podcast. And, and we, uh, we also want to offer to all of you that are out there listening a way that you can be involved. And so one tangible thing that you can do right now uh, to be involved in the ministry of Rena Sayre and a lot of other churches around the world that are caring for the fatherless is by engaging in the run for one. Lifeline's 10th annual 5K and one mile fun run is going to happen on August the 28th in various locations around the U.S. And also, there's an option for you to be able to run where you are, anywhere you like. And so, uh, so our friends at Renes Air can run in Bogota and be a part of this, uh, this run as well. And, and it's something that we all want to come together as the body of Christ to be able to, uh, to support strategic orphan care. The proceeds from this run go to our strategic orphan care ministry, unadopted, and directly to the 16-plus countries where we partner. This is a great opportunity to get outside with your family to support orphan care at the same time. For more information and to register, you can go to www.run41k.org. And so that's www.run41k.org. So thanks again for joining us, and we pray that the Lord will continue to to give you ways to care for the vulnerable so that you can point uh, to the gospel of Jesus and to the hope that we all have because of what Christ has done. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.